Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments, so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Today's topic is more about mind-body medicine and tapping into the emotions within us that might be making us sick or preventing us from healing. So we're going to talk today about a book called The Loving Diet, going beyond paleo into the heart of what ails you. I'm so very excited because my special guest is Jessica Flanagan. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Jessica's soul-centered practice is The Loving Diet a wellness program she developed to help clients to resolve held beliefs that manifest in the body as physical illness. This philosophy of healing is based on the principles of noetic field therapy. The process of loving what ails us provides the most direct and rapid road to health. This practice is akin to the idea that the relationship to our circumstances is the cure. Her intuitive practice considers that disease is part of the road towards wholeness And illness is here to help us remember that we are whole. Jessica takes a practical approach from both the vantage point of the soul's path and also advanced nutritional principles of biochemistry, physiology, lab work, diet, etc. Jessica, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Hi, well, thank you for having me. So, Jessica, can you talk about what prompted you to write this book? Well, I am a clinical nutritionist for 20 years, and my twin sister was diagnosed with celiac and Hashimoto's, and we're identical twins. Uh, So she was diagnosed uh, about seven or eight years ago now. And she said, what what should I do? I'm not quite sure how to approach this. Uh, and so uh, she, it was before the autoimmune paleo diet was really even invented or around the same time it, you know, sort of came into existence. And so uh, we both, um, you know, ate it. We both ate, didn't eat gluten, um, but I had started studying Detis Karazian's work. Uh, and so we did what was, he recommends is called the clear and repair diet. And she started to feel a lot better. Uh, and she said, wow, are you going to keep doing this diet because you have the genetics for having two autoimmune diseases? And she was able to cut her antibodies in half when she followed what Dutis said, which is a lot of what the autoimmune paleo diet is. Um, and so I started to go on it. And I realized that so many people were getting diagnosed with autoimmune disease and were looking for a different approach. So it, it started out innocently as uh, oh, that here's this fantastic diet that everybody can go on who has autoimmune disease. And I shifted my practice to start 
catering to a lot of people who had questions and wanted to be guided through how to get on this diet. So for the past five years, I have been uh, really exclusively working now over a thousand people with autoimmune paleo. The book came about, however, when I started to see that people were going on this diet and there was a huge missing component, which was what they decided about the circumstances of their life were, was impacting their health. And so I really did the, did the book, I wrote the book to fill a niche that I feel like a lot of people are searching for answers for, which is how can I truly get better uh, instead of just changing my diet to fix my disease? And so I wrote The Loving Diet because uh, I had been you know, working in the last 20 years on these issues for myself, and I realized, wow, I could really apply these in my own practice to help others when they're diagnosed with a disease. So it's so funny that you mentioned Dr. Datis Karazian because I'm a huge fan of his as well. I've taken all of his courses, and um, right? for the for the listeners out there, like Jessica and I, whenever Dr. Karazian brings out any new information, we will just geek out on it. And Dr. Karazian, I think, is like the best functional medicine doctor. He's just a genius when it comes to biochemistry and physiology and pathology. And and you're right, Jessica. When we work with autoimmune patients, there is this gap. Um, this gap that is not has not been filled until you until you came along, let's say. But I could mm-hmm. see that there was this gap of why are patients not getting better? Like we're working on the physiology component, but why are they not getting better? And so that's why I wanted to have you on my podcast today so you can talk about this gap and so you could tell us more about what the loving diet is and and bring in that whole um, mind-body connection to it. So tell us more about what the loving diet is. Well, it's premise. It is, it's not what happened to us. It's what we decided about what happened to us. And we know now that that actually affects our health Um, and the ACE study really shows us this, um, the adverse childhood experience study, that the more adverse things that we're up against as we're growing up uh, and moving into adulthood, the more likely it's going to affect our bodies with physical disease. And what I found in my own autoimmune paleo population was people were and are and were incredibly motivated to do almost anything to look at how they can heal their disease. Uh, and there was a very big lack of people like me that were had you know both the practical side to look at biochemistry, stool samples, but then also what did you decide about yourself when you got diagnosed with your disease? And it's not often talked about that what what did you, for instance, decide about yourself when you got diagnosed with your disease? And that when we sort of pull that string, uh, and we, we can actually go back, and for every person, this is a unique process of, of seeing, oh, wow, there's been some major events in my life where I decided big things that were not true. Um, I developed misunderstandings at, that were not true, like, uh, for instance, God forgot about me, or I'm not worthy of healing, or uh, healing takes a lot of work. You know, those are some of the common ones that I see that go along 
uh, with physical illness, and they tend to be emotional in nature. So I, I really help my clients walk through big events in their life where they decided something about themselves. And we clear that up. And when we clear it up through self-forgiveness, and when people do that, a lot of times the plan, the health plan that aligns with their heart uh, comes to fruition. And so if they we, get better when they couldn't before. So if we can go back and talk a little bit about the science of this, because this it really is mm-hmm. rooted in science. It's not some esoteric thing. That So you mm-hmm. mentioned the ACE study, the Adverse Childhood Events Research Study. Yes. And can what other research is out there that supports this process? Well, there's always, you know, Bruce Lipton is a famous person in this area, you know, and his tagline is, our thoughts control our DNA. But then I really like Dr. Rachel Yehuda's work, and she's a psychiatrist, actually, who has been studying the DNA of Holocaust survivors and 9-11 survivors. And she's found that that trauma, the trauma that we have that people experience, um, which she looked at pregnant women who were pregnant during 9-11 or uh, the offspring, first and second generation of Holocaust victims, actually uh, affects the, the, the telomeres of their DNA uh, and so that they can actually inherit things that's, that appear almost like post-traumatic stress disorder um, emotionally inside those people uh, that gets passed along from generation to generation. And so it's so interesting that we've always known that there is this mind-body connection and that science is really proving the truth behind that. So Jessica, as you work with clients and you walk them through this, the loving diet, the the method of it, um, can you tell us about that process? Well, it evolved on its own, and what happened was was that uh, I started to have a lot of clients uh, about three or four years ago that were doing autoimmune paleo perfectly. I call them perfect performers, um, and they had been on the diet for a year or more. And now my, my practice is really filled with people who have been doing autoimmune paleo perfectly for three, sometimes four years and what happened was, was they thought that they would totally heal from doing this diet that they read online would heal their autoimmune disease. And what turned out to happen was, was that that, that didn't happen. Um, and so they were actually getting more sick or reflaring, and yet they were had 100% adherence to the diet and actually were even more strict than the strictest form of autoimmune paleo. They were down to about 20 or 10 foods. And actually, Datis Krasin is starting to talk about this more now that the autoimmune paleo diet is not all it's cracked up to be. And, you know, working with skilled practitioners who can help you customize it is key. Uh, what happened for, in, in my case was I, I did, I do, and I did started working on those practical things of the loss of oral tolerance after being on a restricted diet for so long. So there's that. But what the other part that happened from an emotional standpoint was people uh, lost so much that they they somehow became came to the place where they were ready to work on the parts that they were really scared to work on, which are the, the, the belief system that they have about what it means to heal, 
what the role of their disease is in their life. And then the biggest one is this false belief that they need to fix their disease. And autoimmune paleo is a fix-it scenario. I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's and now I'm going to fix it with this diet that I was told is for autoimmune paleo or for autoimmune disease. So can you talk more about that last part? Because that has me the most intrigued as far as the fix-it part. Yeah, it's a marketed, uh, promoted idea that we need to fix what's wrong with us. So even if we just stay there and we look at, you know, almost everything, almost all health movements are built inside the notion that always doesn't always seem clear, um, but that we're, you know, you, you, oh, you got diagnosed with cancer, we're going to fix the cancer. Oh, you got diagnosed with heart disease, we're going to fix that heart disease. So you hear it from your doctors, you hear it from health experts, you, you hear it everywhere. And what happens when people do that, it's not that it's a a bad premise um, because it's a natural response. You know, we want to get rid of what we think is wrong with us. So what I do with my clients is I do the practical pieces, which is you gather your team of people who can look at all of the moving parts um, and then that there might be something deeper there, which is instead of fixing my disease, what would happen if I just cooperated with what's present? And, and so it's a form of mindfulness where we switch it from fixing it, which is yes, no, pass, fail, into how can I completely cooperate with my circumstances? What, how, would I, how might I feel different? How might my healing change when I 100% cooperate um, or have some form of acceptance without an agenda, what would happen? And this is very scary because for a lot of people can feel like you're giving power to your disease. And I always remind my clients, we're not giving power to the disease. We are moving into a state of vulnerability to see if there is something, some kind of gift or something that your, your circumstances are here to awaken you to that can help you clear up any misunderstandings that came along with the journey. And you say something very powerful in your book about don't be a victim. Yes. Uh, and so that happens a lot, which is, you know, the only way to get out of the victim stance is to, uh, to categorize things as good, bad, yes, no. And, and, and so in autoimmune paleo, um, that's the whole entire premise of the diet. It starts out, here's the yes, no list. Here, these are yes foods and these are no foods. Um, and so it, uh, it, for me, I see it as a fantastic experiment to try that out. Um, and, and, but my client population is, uh, goes past that. We go into, oh, what, what, would it, what would happen when we start looking at what you believe about your disease? Maybe there's something that is here to serve the growth of your life through your Hashimoto's diagnosis. And when people hear that, they start feeling hope again. Oh, oh, maybe maybe this thing that I thought was this horrible bad news is here to help me in some way. And then would it be correct to say that this is not only for autoimmune disease, it could be used for any kind of illness? Yes, uh, I find that it's useful for almost all parts of people's lives. Yes. And then how does one go through this process of finding their deeply held beliefs 
finding them first and then releasing them? So we tend to, uh, all of us, uh, um, be familiar with the places that hurt um, in our life. And so a lot, for a lot, a lot of times we're just um, very consciously aware that our parents got divorced or that our mother died when we were young or, um, you know, we were in a car accident or, you know, we were maybe bullied at school. Um, and so I tend to go to the big places uh, that my clients know about first. And, you know, just through a series of questions, you know, oh, oh, you got bullied at school. Is there anything that you decided about yourself when you were bullied at school? Well, yeah, I decided that, um, you know, people who had loud, the, the, the people who spoke the loudest and, you know, used their elbows in situations um, had the most power. And that being vulnerable held no power, you know, as a, a kid who was an empath and felt really vulnerable and that didn't work out so well for me. That's just, I'm using that as an example. Um, and so again, it's not about what happened to us, it's about what we decided. And so I use the technique of self-forgiveness with my clients, which is super straightforward. Oh, I, I forgive myself for believing that being vulnerable it isn't going to ever work out. So, so it's extremely straightforward. So we go exactly, I let my clients lead me and they tell me what their, what their story is. And we just start with what their story is. So what we find out then is, is that when we do this, uh, when, we, when they're vulnerable enough to uh, examine these pieces that hurt and they use their, the, their own loving right now to heal those places, those misunderstandings, uh, then their body shifts in response to that. So can you talk about using love uh, as a component of healing, right? We use vitamins, we use diet, we use exercise, we use meditation, and then using love. And you have a chapter in your book called Love Your Struggle. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's sounds way easier than it is. Um, because a lot of people are like, I can't love my disease. Um, and I'm not, I don't want to love the struggle and that, you know, that I get that comment a lot. And of course, you know, that's, you know, that's the conclusion that we ultimately want to come to. Um, the first step that I do with my clients is consider that curiosity is going to, uh, take you out from the place that you feel stuck right now. And, and so how can we be loving towards ourselves and our circumstances? Um, and so we, when we touch our own loving to the places that hurt inside of us, healing happens. And so self-forgiveness is a great one. Um, I do Ho'oponopono, which is, I'm so sorry we had to do it this way. Please forgive me. I love you. And I do a lot of exercises with my clients to walk them through those places that they have abandoned themselves essentially when they um, decide that uh, they decide something about themselves that isn't true. And then I guess maybe the the bigger kind of um, the bigger kind of overarching gift from all of this is to try and come back to a place that your life is your own. Mm -hmm. And that your illness can create an opportunity and then how to discover that and build from there. Yes, because 
there's probably a lot of people listening right now that are hearing this and they're like, well, I don't even know how to take the first step. All I know is I feel hopeless. Uh, what I know is, is that I feel like my life was taken away and um, I have a, you know, I don't know how to become unlocked from being hopeless. And what I would say to everybody is, is that being curious about getting unlocked, that getting curious about maybe there's something here that's for me instead of against me, just considering that question. Maybe there's something here that's for me instead of against me. That alone is a, is a question that um, will provide movement and bring you to the next step. Does that make sense? That does make sense. And that's a loving thought. That's, that's loving, like, oh, maybe my life is for me, not against me. Okay, let me just stay there first because everything else feels so overwhelming. You know, I'm taking 25 supplements. I've been on this restricted diet for two years. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I, I have been eating this diet that everybody says was going to help me and it's not. Um, I feel like I'm doing everything right and still nothing is helping. How, how much more hopeless can it get? And so that's the area that I work in, which is, okay, just uh, what would it feel like if you were to just be completely cooperate with that utterly hopeless place? What would happen? That's a vulnerable action. And usually when you work with people like me or um, therapists or, you know, energy workers and you have someone hold your hand, you know, metaphorically hold your hand while you're in that very vulnerable place of like, what if I were to completely cooperate with the feeling that I have right now that all is lost? Uh, what would happen? And even sometimes just doing that for 10 seconds a day can create the movement that their hearts are longing for, which is hope came back into my life. Jessica, how long does this process typically take? And then can you give us some real life examples uh, of, you know, cases that you've seen in your practice of transformation that have that have occurred by tapping into this um, in a resource? So it, it can, I mean, we are in, in noetic, um, I'm a noetic practitioner, and and so in the noetic practitioner philosophy, everything uh, everything is within arm's reach, and so what we have decided or believe sort of sits out into our energy field within arm's reach, and through the power of forgiveness, which is a loving action, forgiving ourselves for our misunderstandings, um, that is an instantaneous change, and so uh, I, I believe that when we do something from a loving place, it transcends space and time. Uh, now, we are complex, and our, our journeys uh, are unique for each of us. Um, and so when one layer gets peeled back, oftentimes another layer appears. Um, and that's the, the journey of what our souls are doing is gaining the experience. So it can be instant, and it could take a while. Um, but as far as, and so we, you know, that's part of uh, learning how to be patient for the growth of our soul, really. Um, and, and so I work a lot with that, and I myself deal with that issue personally as well. Uh, but we want it to be over already, you know. And so we just be kind to the part of ourself that wants it to be over already. Um, but uh, as far as clients go, you know, I'll give you an example of um, a man that I'm working with who's uh, both of his parents died in a car accident 
and he had to go live with a cousin, and uh, and his stomach problems started then. So he had to go live with a cousin who was not very emotional and said that his grief was not allowed. He wasn't allowed to process his grief. So his parents had died, and he went to go live with somebody. And as soon as that happened, his stomach problems started, and that was around the age of 10. Well, fast forward to now he's an adult, and he came to see, has come to see me, came to see me, and he has four different naturopaths that he works with. He's been diagnosed with SIBO. He's been on the elemental diet, the low FODMAP diet. He's been autoimmune paleo for years now, uh, and he's, you know, a typical client of mine, which is 20 supplements, you know, taking all the good ones. And, uh, and eating around five foods. And if he varies from those five foods, then he gets incredible gas and bloating and symptoms of gastritis. And so for me, what can I do? You know, I can't put him on any more supplements in good conscience because he's already on so many. Uh, he lives in a perpetual state of fight or flight, and he is working with an incredible team, and nothing is working. So for him what the exercises that we've been doing is I have been uh, showing him how to go back to the place um, in life, actually even before the trauma happened, before his parents died, and showing him how to be with himself, uh, to be his own resource, his own guardian angel in a way, um, before the, the trauma even happened. And so it's a f series of exercises for each of my clients that I do to go and actually use their imagination to be with the part to help them remember that they're going to have all the tools they need to do everything that they need to do in life and that they're never going to be alone and that they're loved. Uh, and so these, now this is just one of the techniques that I do. Um, but what I, what I find is, is that um, that helps their nervous system not be so dysregulated. Because I find that, um, I don't know if you've heard of the polyvagal nerve theory. So do Dr. Stephen Porges uh, came up with the polyvagal nerve theory, which is fantastic. It's a fantastic uh, look at how um, either we go into fight or flight or we freeze and faint. Um, and freeze and faint is, uh, is stimulated by the dorsal branch of the vagus nerve. And so whenever we have anything that is uh, the dorsal nerve, it shuts down the body and it tends to um, affect the body's functioning below the diaphragm. It's involved in digestive issues. And so a lot of experiences that we have, especially in the SIBO world, from my perspective, is uh, a actually parasympathetic dominance that occurs from trauma. And so Peter Levine talks about this too in Waking the Tiger, Healing Trauma. And what I have found is, is that it's one of a very, it's a very important portion of um, why I tend to see so much loss of oral tolerance in my autoimmune paleo crowd. So you said parasympathetic dominance. Yeah, so we're really familiar with. Very, um, very interesting. Yeah, we're re we know a lot about sympathetic dominance, which is, yeah. um, you know, I'm going to go into fight or flight and I can fight anything. Um, but what we know is, especially with depression and motility issues, uh, because it's so specific for digestive issues, that there's a whole area of trauma that affects the physical body, which is 
um, I, I'm getting chased by a lion, and so I'm a little bunny, and I'm going to play dead. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot in my clients. Very interesting. Wow, Jessica, you are really opening my eyes today on this podcast. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating. It is fascinating. And um, so for the listeners out there, if you're one of these patients that have tried everything and you're still struggling, I urge you to consider Jessica's book, The Loving Diet, and um, and to consider the profound impact that your own mental emotional state can have on your health and healing in a good way and in a bad way. But Jessica, in the last few minutes that we have, Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that we've not discussed yet that you think is important for our listeners to know? I do think that uh, that there is a misconception um, about the autoimmune paleo diet, um, just because I'm seeing so I'm seeing hundreds and hundreds of people now um, that this whole idea that you need to diet harder works, and yeah, that yeah. Uh, they can let go of that now. And that there's people who are very well versed. I'm one of them, and there's many um, that work in this other field um, where uh, even though it feels like they might be getting worse and hope might be diminishing by the minute, and that uh, there's never a time or a place uh, that hope can't come back. And oftentimes, when it feels like people are uh, getting worse, that that can be a sign that they're ready to do the deeper work. Um, and that it can feel overwhelming, but that it is, uh, it's, everybody has the ability right now to love the places inside of themselves that hurt. And when they do that, then their entire body and their nervous system can change. And I see it every day. Jessica, how can our listeners find out more about you and where can they get a copy of your book? So my book is on Amazon, The Loving Diet, and anybody can order it through Kindle or through um, uh, just a hard copy. And my website is www.aiplifestyle.com. And so anybody who wants to work with me, there's a little button that I have on my homepage that says Schedule Now. And I uh, tend to you know, work with a lot of people in this more, more holistic area of mindfulness <laughs> So then I'm assuming that you see a lot of uh, clients through telemedicine. I do. My practice is virtual. Yes. Okay, fantastic. And then um, is there an association uh, that people can go to to find other practitioners? Does that exist? Well, they can Google noetic practitioners, and there is an association of noetic practitioners, and they can find um, different practitioners um, but, 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 um, however, I'm a little bit unique in that I have so much Tatis Krasian training. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would also really encourage people to go to Tatis's site because he has a list of practitioners, um, that he recommends that have done his trainings. I just tend to specialize in autoimmune paleo severe cases. Um, so I'm a little bit unique, but there's lots of people like I'm sure you, you are a great person a great resource for people to go to as well yeah for all that physiology and biochemistry and that that I can totally help with but when when I get patients that like like the one that you described they've already seen seven naturopaths they're taking two bagfuls of supplements they've 
done all the right things. All of the doctors have always done all of the right things, but they're like stuck. Yeah. And, and like you said, like, what am I going to do next? Maybe refer them to you, Jessica. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I, yeah, I was, I really expanded the practice because of that, because of what you just said. What, what am I going to do that hasn't been done? Oh, yeah. I'm going to show people how to love themselves doing hard yeah. things. Yeah, it's really thinking outside the box, but always with um, having that intention in mind that you're going to be able to help them in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Jessica, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has been such an interesting interview. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate the, uh, you know, your willingness to let this sort of alternative information um, disseminate to the masses because uh, a lot of people are feeling scared um, and, and they don't know exactly what to do. So thank you for allowing this conversation to happen. Oh, you're welcome. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Jessica Flanagan. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next time for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carey is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carey is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.